It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. We're live. We're live. We're live and alive. I have waited months to figure out how to stream live again, and we're doing it. Uh, welcome to Carcone Carne. I'm James Van Osdell. <laughs> it's coming on my phone. <laughs> Don't do that. that. That confuses people. It does. Uh, but you're proving that it works. I've Since I returned to the car, I've not been able to live stream due to a variety of technical issues. I've got a sporty new camera. I think it's the karma that my guest brings with us today. It's Mr. Agitator of Vias for Villains. Or maybe it's the the climate we're in. We are in the brewery part of Temperance Brewery in Evanston, uh, which, by the way, is the warmest part of all of Evanston. Yeah, it feels like it is back here. You you can hide how much you're sweating because you've got... Is that a mask? This is my face. This is the face I was born with, man. (laughs) This is my face. Uh, So I'm going to sweat profusely on my first live stream back. Uh, This is really exciting. I, I... I feel like I've solved a, a major puzzle today, Mr. Agitator. You have no idea how, how big of a deal it this is. It is, to me. and audio is like that, where anytime you solve any puzzle related to audio, it just feels like the world's biggest win. So it, this is nerdy. This is nerdy, like yeah, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. But for the past several months, I've had to record audio and video simultaneously and then merge the audio and video tracks. Oh, no. And then I've released that recording. So it's been a nightmare. But now, look, we're live. We've got actual audio feeding into this. We did it, but I'm going to be sweating profusely during this broadcast, so please be forgiving as you're watching this either on Facebook or on YouTube. What's wrong with you, man? I'm not sweating. I'm cold. Oh, my God. We need to turn up the heat in here. And, of course, the, the tap room area, it's about 50 <laughs> degrees in there. That's true. It is. It's really nice in there, and then they were like, get back with the brewery stuff, you animals. It's Barbados inside here. <laughs> this is... <laughs> I walked through the door, and they were like, ugh, put it in the back. Well, no, you, you walked through the door, and uh, you, you turn some heads when you walk around. <laughs> Well, you know, I it's not every day you see a guy in a mask walk into your store. No. No. Not, not a mask like that. I was walking up, actually. I jumped out of my car when I pulled up because, yes, I'm a lunatic and I did drive here like this. <laughs> I got out of my car and, and literally a girl on the porch area was enjoying her drinks and stuff. And she popped up and she went, yes, yes. And I was like, yeah, what do you say to that? Like, what do you uh, say yes. to that? Yeah, I'm here. So uh, some quick temperance brewery stuff. I, we want to we want to thank them for the hospitality. I mean, Absolutely. literally, they trusted us with the brewery. Like, wow. there's there's no one official here. It's just us. I know we could be doing terrible. things. We could be doing terrible things. We wouldn't, no. but we could be. I, I do want to mention their featured beer is their summer beer. It is a Greenwood Beach Blonde Ale with a hint, a hint of pineapple. Uh, the upcoming releases this month: the Matter Rose Sour, which is a tart rosé ale with a nose of fresh strawberry and hibiscus with a tart light finish. Sounds delightful. And Oktoberfest four packs, sixteen ounces for the first time, also available on draft in Snides. Now coming up here, Mister Agitator of Vias for Villains, fine local band. Uh, Thank you. Out of Space is happening here. You know, Space, the the music club in Evanston, they okay. do these events outside of space. Really? Uh, George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic, will That's be amazing. here. Right, Labor Day weekend. Uh, Nico Case, the Chantus, the, the super talented Nico Case. Can you Case. fit them here? That's the question. Uh, outside. It's, and, it's pretty uh, big stuff. Oh, how about this for a, a double bill? Drive-by truckers and J.D. McPherson. And then Big Boy. That's My God. B-O-I. Big Boy. Oh, He's big. He's big. He's, He's a boy. boy. He's both. He's yep. a big boy. Big boy. So for people who don't know, Vias for Villains is a band. Yes. Vias for Villains has been around. I mean, I've known you since the Digital Mindy days. Wow. You, you, have, you have some history here. Isn't that crazy? It, it is crazy. I guess for 
for the kids at home, uh, explain what V for Villains is. V is for Villains is a costumed supervillain band. <laughs> we hail from Chicago primarily. Well, that's at least where we started. Now we're all over the place, you know. By the like, way, that's the best elevator pitch for a band ever. Yeah. Costume supervillain band. Costume supervillain band. What do we do? We make your mom uncomfortable. That's what we do. (laughs) As all bands should. (laughs) That's right. If you're not, you're doing some wrong. Like, I hate it when it's sanitized and it's like, oh, he seems like such a good young boy. I'm like, ugh. Uh, and you've got the steampunk thing going on. I mean, you really, you're really you not fucking around here. You you, ju- you dress yeah. for the occasion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you spared no expense here. This is what we do. Uh, you do all your own costumes. I do. I actually you, do. you got this really cool like steampunk Thank you. thing going Thank you. on. I love the goggles. That, I mean, the hats. Thank you so much. It's funny. I just pulled up in front of Temperance, and I, I, I just saw the hat walk by. <laughs> <laughs> the hat does that. The hat arrives before I do. Like, I know, and that's the truth. I'm always chronically early to everything it's a curse yeah. it, it's something that family members loathe i'm terrible you were just as early as i was today i was you, you were as neurotically yeah in it's advance. funny because i have like this really bad reputation for being late to things but i'm not i'm usually not late to things if i'm late to an event i've calculated that lateness on purpose because i'm making an entrance right but of course. you know if it's not that I, usually i'm there about 10 15 minutes before i'm supposed to be 20 minutes before i'm supposed to be i think in my 20s i had a, a tendency to be a little bit more late to stuff mm-hmm. and i just hate that feeling i hate feeling like i'm behind you know it just drives me nuts same yeah. i I'm, I'm that guy i'd rather kill time before i have to be somewhere mm-hmm. than stress out about being late exactly exactly if i we've got a convention coming up this weekend and we're doing all the av for it and we're going into load in on wednesday night so what's the convention? Because, I mean, this is where you kill. This is this is your world. Yeah, we love doing cons, and this con is Anime Magic. It's going on this weekend. Is it's it going locally? on at Rosemont. Yeah, Rosemont, oh, okay. Illinois. Hilton. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to so, be crazy. What, what's the crowd like for something like that? It's amazing. You know, that's... Uh, I kind of... Going back to Digital Mindy, Digital Mindy was our first band, and, you know... We played the club circuit for a long time. We did conventions. We are not conventions. We did clubs and like bookings. And I think primarily back then it was backyard stuff. It was whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 16, 17. You're yeah. going to take whatever show you can get. If Johnny's like, Johnny's backyard is open. Let's show it. You know, you show up and you do it. And it's a good time. And you learn something, I think, as a musician. Each time you do one of those little shows, you bowling alleys, whatever. But there came a point in 2009 that I decided to transition, start transitioning. 2010 really kind of hammered it home. Because, you know, anybody that's around from the 80s and 90s always tells me, you know, it used to be great, used to play clubs, they'd pay you. You know, (laughs) when we were coming in in the 2000s, it's like you'd draw two or 300 heads to a room and they'd be like, nah, you didn't hit 301. Uh Uh-huh. You know, so, hey. (laughs) And you just would never make money that way. Right. So I started to say, like, you know, I feel like conventions are this generation's clubs. You know, like, it just kind of linked to me. Interestingly enough, uh, the con head of Anime Magic, Richard Nash, he was the drummer for Villains for a long time. Okay. He was the pulse in the band. And he's the one who actually turned me on to trying conventions. So, you know, in a weird way, it's his fault. Well, and what you're saying makes sense to the extent that really the, the successful artists in the present day are those who know how to build community. Right. I mean, online, on social media, engendering community is how you keep right. your fans. And what is a convention other than a collection of members of the same People community? People that have the yeah. same mindset of putting on a costume and making your mom uncomfortable. That's right. <laughs> so, all right, so that con's coming up. Right. And musically, let's talk about where you're at. You've been very 
you, you've kept your songs close to the vest in that you haven't let them go wide. No. On streaming. Uh, uh, the, the most recent album, especially, Villains Never Died. Mm-hmm. We really set in 2019. And no, we didn't put that one on Spotify. I mean, I've released a couple of tracks here and there, and I keep... Do you know how much money a band can make on Spotify? Are you nuts? Man, I could have made 14 cents by uh-huh. now. I could have been $80 in debt by now oh, from right. Spotify. Keep hydrated here. This is. I know, we're both sweating to death. <laughs> Soon it's going to be us trying to hang ourselves from the rafters because we're like heat stroking. Like, James, we'll never get out. We'll never get out. Save Put yourself. me in the brewery. Make me a beer. <laughs> You just reminded me of a horror movie from the past couple of years that involved yeah. a hanging, and I can't think of the name, so I'm going to keep going. Anyway. What was uh, in my head was Phantom of the Opera from the oh, 20s. I, I feel like Phantom of the Opera is always in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll always be there, uh-huh. singing songs in my head. All right, it's so, true. So, musically, you decided not to go the Spotify route. No, not for Villains Never Die. I, you know, I really like that album, personally. Like, there's just something about it that I feel like it just came together for me, and I wrote it in this period of time where it was just like, you know... I just want to do something different and break my own writing styles and trends. But it's still got to sound like us, right? But, you know, uh, there were certain songs in there. I just, I actually wrote and recorded vocals before there was even music. And I structured out the entire thing um, and then added the music later. And that's usually so against my type. That's like the exact opposite of how I usually do it. So, you know, to me, I was kind of like, we kept getting sabotaged on the release of this album. Everything just kept exploding on the way to putting it out. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic and the shutdown right after, I just felt like it never got a fair chance. So, you know, I kind of held them back in physical copies. And I know people don't do CD as much anymore, but it's a medium that I really like. Our upcoming album, we're going to make cassettes for it. Yes. Because I, I'm buying cassettes again. Yeah. I never, really? in a million years, I never don't thought they I sound would. sound great? No. But I, <laughs> in a million years, I never thought I'd, I would buy cassettes again. But <laughs> I, I decided to build a component system for the first yeah. time in years. So I have my turntable, I have my receiver, I've got a cassette deck now and a CD player. I mean, I was listening to everything digital. Right. And I really am enjoying physical music again. It's like, cool. To the point where it's obsessive. There's something cool about having it. There's something There's cool having about having a piece of, piece of the music. Right. I, 100%. The artwork, the feel of it. And then that it's it binds you to no playlists. Yes. Start and stop. This isn't a complete experience. I, I've said the same exact thing because even driving here, I was listening to one of my playlists on uh, YouTube music. Yeah. Uh, I don't do Spotify. It's a long story, but I don't do Spotify. It's okay. Um, but when I listen to my playlist as I'm driving, I, I don't listen to whole songs. I just. Because I, you're popping through the, yes, to the next. I, you want to hit the next hook. I get eight. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. I, I have ADD. Yeah. And to your point, when I put on a record, when I put on a side of a cassette, I'm not fast-forwarding. I'm not right. looking for the next song. I am locked right. in. So for 20 minutes aside, I, that, I'm part of that artist's vision. I love it. And there's something to be said for that. It, there is. There is. Someone was asking me the other day, so what is it about vinyl that you like? Are you, do you think the audio sounds better? I've heard that argument before. Right. Um, do you like the collectability and the, like finding stuff that's sure. valuable? For me, it's strictly experiential. Right. It's the Th- same thing it. as going to see a film. Yeah. When you sit in the theater, you're locked in. Right. You're not going anywhere. You're not checking your phone. You're exactly. not getting up. You're you're locked into the experience. It's There's nothing like it. And I feel like absolutely what you're describing about an album is the most complimentary way to uh, see the artist's vision through. Yes. Because when I make something, it's in my head that, oh, they're going to love these nuances. And then you can always tell the real fans, the diehard fans, because they come up 
and they say like, oh my god, you had this amazing arpeggiation here and here. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, you Wait, caught people that. really caught say that? that. They do. Okay. Not arpe not, not arpeggiation particularly, <laughs> okay. but they'll usually emote it like this. They'll say something along the lines of. Uh, there was that thing that made that sound. I was like, whoop, 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 and I really liked that. And you're like, oh, cool, you heard it. You heard the, that one sound that I designed and put it in a layer of 80 other sounds. It means you listened to it more than once, and you didn't just go for the hook. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the only thing that drives me crazy when you write songs and people give it four seconds and they're like, nope, boring, bye. Uh, you're yeah, talking to someone it. who's worked in radio for his entire career. That's right. That's how songs live and die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took 30 seconds to get to the hook. That's, that's it. That's yeah, it's not, too much. That's not a hit. It's too much. Yeah. Can't play it. Can't play it. It's four and a half minutes. What are you doing here? Nothing. Uh huh. Two minutes thirty seconds. Start lead with your hook. Let them know what they're getting. <laughs> so, so cassettes and compact discs aside, why not vinyl? Why not vinyl? I don't know. I, you know, I like vinyl. I think I'm going to be honest. Not only is it the cost, because producing vinyl is expensive. It's expensive, and it takes forever to get a press. It takes these forever days to yeah. get it pressed. And then maybe you've missed your lead time. Though, I do think it would be amazing to take vinyls to conventions and sell them. Mm-hmm. Because fans at conventions, they love the physical. Sure. They love walking away with the CD because then after your show, you stand there for an hour signing stuff. And they're having such a good time and they're getting pictures with you. Like, I feel like a vinyl would live in that world. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm, ex- I'm excited to see how a cassette could live in that world. I feel like the personal answer to that is because I didn't grow up with vinyl. I grew up with cassette. You know, I was born in 85. So by the time I was actively listening to music on my own in like 90, right. 91, I was, you know, Yeah, that, that curve had cassettes. already, yeah. Right. Peaked. I wasn't bumming his vinyls. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I didn't even know how to use a record player until my 20s, until he showed me, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> which was actually interesting in a side note. I, uh, a friend of mine asked if I could transfer uh, a resident of a nursing home's vinyls of her Polish husband's radio show. Oh, wow. What an amazing job. What an amazing thing to do. Like, that was like 2006, I think. Wow. Oh, man. And I did. I made, because she didn't want to play them. You know, but here's the thing. Like, I said, yeah, I'll do everything I can to do a transfer for you. Mm -hmm. A digital transfer and clean it up and oh, my God, how do you do that? Especially in 2006, I was sitting there going like, what is... I don't even know how to play a record and I'm sitting there terrified to scratch this lady's records. It was such a cool thing to do, but that was when I learned how to use records the first time. It just went right over my hat. <laughs> right over your hat. Sure. <laughs> so I, I, I've said this to you personally and professionally before. You're kind of a Superman, um, oh, wow, although a supervillain. Um, you've been through so much crap in your lifetime, physically, as far as health goes and right. just everything. I'm so amazed that you're sitting here. I mean, Thank just you. recently you went through a bunch more stuff, didn't I you? I did. It was uh, in December. Uh, I had surgery. Uh, but I actually, I broke my back around October 1st. Again, third time. Third time. I was opening a unit door, storage third, unit door, like a time. roll-up door. Third time. Time number three. So <laughs> uh, the door was not on correctly. It was a broken facility. The door snapped. I caught it. Like, just out of instinct yeah, you yeah. know i was just there holding it and it just popped my spine i was in the er the next day 
within about three days, I couldn't walk or oh move God. or function. I had to lay down flat for months. How terrifying. It was horrible. It was a horrible experience. And I've been through it before. And this one was pretty bad. Not going to lie. Um, you know, my girlfriend was having to pick me up and, you know, help me get to the bathroom. I have to stand and eat as fast as I could at a plastic table and then lay back down. Oh, my Lord. Because I couldn't stand. You know, I would go in for injections, spinal epidural, just to kind of hopefully get a little of the swelling down in the spine. And, uh, you know, I would just be screaming in the the waiting room because they didn't have anywhere to lay me down. So I was standing, pivoting back and forth for 30, 45 minutes going, I can't do it. Are you guys ready? Are you ready to take me yet? Oh, my God, I can't stand you know, and they're just like, Mr. Santiago, we're going to try. We're going to try sit. Please sit. I can't sit in a chair <laughs> because I was in this position almost of sitting when I caught it. So I couldn't mimic that position at all. Oh so God. I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand laying down as flat as possible. The only thing. And even then there was a lot of pain. So, you know, I went in. I saw the surgeon who did my surgery uh, in 2013 for my spinal fusion. You know, um, and he's great. You know, he sat down and he was just kind of like, what are you doing, you madman? <laughs> you know? He's like, did we have this conversation? We thought you were done. You again. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I, so when did you start moving around again? I mean, because I, I, like I said, I watched you walk in here. You'd never guess that you'd been through Thank something you. as traumatizing as that. That's a, that's a huge compliment, honestly. It, it really is. So, you know, I had um, a spinal laminectomy this time which is basically where they remove the disc and then apparently they put a mesh inside of the spinal column to keep what's left of the disc from popping ever again from that area. Uh, Because what happened was when I caught the door, it punched the disc out of my spine and it just happened to burrow into one of the worst sciatic nerve stems you can have. I can't even imagine the pain. So it just sliced right through it, punctured itself right into it and was causing burning and shooting sensation the entire time you know uh he came and he fixed it i started up on physical therapy about two weeks after surgery uh three days a week with carly fraley she's my physical therapist she was amazing her team was great they were at team rehab Hmm. um you know she really helped get me there and you know i persisted and kept going three four days a week something like that and she started me off small i mean in the beginning i couldn't lift two pounds I couldn't stand without you know couldn't lift two pounds couldn't lift two pounds because the weight was just it's it's funny because you think about that and I think about that now sometimes I'll be doing something simple like driving or walking and I'll be like six seven months ago I couldn't do this well it's funny I I had to load in a bunch of stuff um a mic stand all my audio gear right and you said, well, do you need my help? I'm like, no, no, I've got it. Because I just assumed, like, I'm like, I'm not asking that dude to help well, me. I appreciate stuff. that. But I would help because I can. Okay. Now I'm doing pull-ups and bench presses. and Wow. Yeah. You know, like, uh, that's the thing. I mean, I'm a big believer that your body is in the state that you keep it. So if you decide, I'm done, I'm out, that's it. Of course, you have to respect your physical limitations. Mm-hmm. And we all have them, you know. But... What hit me was I, I, I decided around December 5th, 6th, two or three days after my surgery when I started this trek and started exercising again and moving again, I decided that the last three years I wasn't doing enough. I'd put on a little weight, gotten a little slower. You know, you get comfortable. 
And I was just like, you know, this is, <laughs> I mean, I, nobody deserves this, but it's, you know, I should have been taking better care again. Mm-hmm. So it kind of shocked me back into that place. So I'm going to get weight off. I'm going to exercise regularly. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to stop, you know, cramming food in my face every five seconds. You know, you're in shutdown pandemic mode. Everybody's, you know, the COVID-20 we all gained, uh-huh. you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, you know, you can do that or you can decide, well, I'm going to push myself to the physical peak. I'm going to be stronger than I was before I got broken, you know. So to me, it was one of those moments where I said, I'm going to transition the physical therapy to its peak when they release me. And when they release me and they say, you're well enough to be active normal again, then I'm just going to hit the gym four days a week and continue to lift and exercise and run and do all of these things as if it were my physical therapy, because it is, Yeah. you know, and I kept that up and, you know, now I'm, I'm benching and lifting and doing what I can. Again, you couldn't lift two pounds. Couldn't lift two pounds. And now you're benching and lifting. I, wow, what a story. Thank you. What an inspiration. I appreciate that. I, I mean, mean, that's the whole goal, right? Is to try and let other people know. I'm not special. I'm, I'm a dude in a costume. But the truth is, is like, we, we can all do this. Now, answer me honestly. I, I, I have no doubt that the spinal pain was excruciating and terrible. Was it worse than the amount of sweat we're No, this is horrible. Right <laughs> I'd do it all over again if I didn't have to sit in this room for five more minutes. No, and we, we appreciate the hospitality from we temperance. We do. We really do. For whatever reason, they have to keep the tanks at a certain temperature or whatever. It's very warm next to the The good the news tanks. is we get a cool backdrop. Right. We, we That's do. amazing. I right. This it. is Yeah, we're yeah. in a brewery. This is legit. You can't fake this. You can't zoom background this shit. Yeah, this I love is, it. I know. We're like the, the green screen falls down uh-huh. early in someone's basement. Uh, I just realized last time you were on was episode 395. Wow. 240 something episodes later that's crazy man let's talk about you though that's prolific it was a survival thing it's amazing I've said it before when the pandemic hit that week I realized I needed to do something to keep the podcast going because I obviously couldn't do it in my car I couldn't get together with people face to face so I decided to move the podcast to Zoom um, like literally the day after we were told at work don't come back um, I'm like, okay, I've got to figure out a podcast solution. And then I realized this is how I'm going to keep my sanity through all right. this. This, is, this will give me something, a fixed position on my calendar every day where I have something to do that's not doom scrolling and paying attention to the fact that the world is metaphorically on fire. Exactly. And it, it was, I mean, for me, it was also, selfishly, it was a way to keep communications open with everybody. Yeah. I, I met a lot selfishly, of cool new people. That's amazing, though. That's a good thing. Oh, it, it's, it was great. I mean, I really, I got... It, seeing some of these people in real life who I only talk to over Zoom has been a real thrill for me. Like, Absolutely. oh, you're a 3D person. Right. You're not just the screen. Right. The screen we're all used to now. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, that's, that's, that's my deal. It was really it was a self-preservation thing more love than it. anything. And I a mental it. health thing, really. Right. Because you're keeping working. You're doing that thing that's driving you. I mean, I, I've, I've said this before as well, but I got to a point in early June where I just social media the comments the, the news it was really too much to bear yep. like it was really too much to read i'm like i can't do this and i just made a point every day of going for long walks that was my version of, of benching yeah. and whatever it's great. just to clear my head and not paying attention yeah. to social media yeah. and, and all the just the, just the shit show that was oh yeah yeah you have you, to you have that. to tune out you have to do that you know and you're right mental health it's it's good for you physically but it's also just clearing the clutter and just going like whew. I can disconnect from that. Right. Like, and the world will still be there when I get back. Yes. Well, fingers right. crossed. Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, nowadays, <laughs> you never know. You just don't know. All right. So where, where do we stand with music now? 
What's next for V for, v is for villains? Well, you know, that's really interesting. When I was in shutdown mode, even pre-injury, I for some reason decided that I wanted to cover a ton of songs from the 80s era. Why? I don't know. Because, you know, for me... Well, it's, I hear the influence. I mean... Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I grew up with that stuff. Yeah. 100%. But, like... I've, I've never been big on doing covers, right? Like, it's just, it's one of those things that I've done a couple here and there. Uh, one of our more famous-y things is Pink Elephants on Parade, which is a Dumbo song that I covered back in 2010. Random. I just woke up one night and I was like, Pink Elephants. It's got to happen. I love that song. I'm going to cover it. But, like, you know, to do, like, a full album of covers like we're doing called Steal the 80s, because that's what we're doing. We're stealing the 80s. You know, it, that's new for me. It's new ground, and it's been so much fun. We've been having a blast. We've run the Steal the 80s cover show two or three times now. The first time being at Anime Midwest, the second time being at Evil Expo. We did two shows there last week, and then we're doing Anime Magic coming up this weekend. Saturday night at 9 we'll be playing. And we're going to run the Steal the 80s show again there. And it's just been incredible. Like It's just weird doing these songs and watching the crowd just come to life because they're hearing these things that they grew up with too or that they know really well. And they're going like, wait a second, it's that thing, but it still sounds like V is for Villains, right. you know? And that's that's amazing to so me. So what songs are we talking about here? Oh, man, we do You Spin Me Round. We do uh, Ticket to the Moon, which is an ELO song. Ah. That's how we start our that's, show. It's a deep cut. It is. And it's only, uh, I'd say about 30 seconds of it, because it starts off, remember the good old 1980s? And it just Perfect. seemed to work, you know? Mm-hmm. It flows right into uh, We Will Rock You. Which is fun, and a little—it's to me always a little cliche. It's like, oh, it's, there's that band singing "We Will Rock You," mm-hmm. but will they really? And everyone's in the crowd just <laughs> right. going, "Like, you better rock me." Narrator's voice—they didn't. <laughs> they rock didn't me. rock him that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick fell off the stage. And <laughs> got back break number four. Yeah, that's another story. Uh, all right, so what else? What, what other songs? I'm fascinated. We do, uh, I grew up oh, in the yeah, 80s, so this course. is fascinating. We do "Tainted Love." We do um, "Blue Monday." Oh, great! We Perfect. do. I'm working on a cover of "Cars" right now. Gary Newman. Which, by the way, that Pleasure Principle album, I keep going back to that. I love that That is a flawless record. It really is. I I bought it on CD in New York in 2006. We were on tour with Raymond Watts with Pig. Oh, my God. I I had him on the podcast. He's he's amazing. His last album's fantastic. It is. Oh, no. His work has only gotten better. Yeah. It's like every time he drops something, man, I always write him an email. I'm like, Nate, that's good. I had him on the show right after his most recent album came out. Amazing. And I said, what do you think the best song on the new album is, and why is it Deliverance? Yeah. <laughs> that song is so... <laughs> it is good. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, like, and I mean that genuinely. Like, it's amazing to me because I know Raymond pretty well now, but like, the point is, is every time I see him, I'm still kind of a fan. Like, yeah. when I watch him work, and man, his ethic's so good. It's so Well, strong. he's one of those dudes. He, he's just like effortlessly cool. He is. No, he's a real rock star. Yeah. That's the thing. That's and Anytime I, I talk about Watts, Whenever I talk about Watts when I'm doing like a Q&A thing or like an interview or anything like that, whenever Watts comes up, I'm always like, that guy is everything you want him to be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's always, oh, hello, Dolly. He's like 18 feet tall and like the coolest guy in the room, you know, Mm -hmm. and such a kind guy. That's one of the biggest things about Raymond that always stuck out to me. Like as a kid meeting him, being like 20, 21, this guy could have... Sounds like the choo-choo's coming. <laughs> oh, here comes the train. The guy could have blown me off. He could have just been like, you know, hey, you know, there's, there, uh, screw that band. They're a bunch of kids. Now, that guy took care of us on the road, and he was very kind to us. So that, that, that kind of endeared him in my heart forever. So whenever they come through, you know, they jam at our place. I'm always I love like, it. take whatever you want, man. 
It's yours for sure. So, okay, Gary Newman Cars. Yeah. And what else? Gary Newman's Cars. Uh, we do, um, God, I should know this because I've been playing this show forever, but I think the uh, the beer glass is getting a little, uh-huh. uh, it's getting a little uh-huh. empty over there. No. Because, again, Mr. Agitator is enjoying the Greenwood Beach Blonde Ale with, the hint, with just a hint of pineapple. Difference. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, we do a version of School's Out by Alice Cooper. But it leads right into, uh, literally, like, slams right into uh, um, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2. Now, you know Alice does that combo live. Wait, what? Really? Yes. Wait, he does it out Another Brick in the Wall? Yes, he's been doing that for the past few years. He's been doing that as the encore. He'll segue into Another Brick in the Wall. Like, we don't need no education. He'll, he'll segue right into that. Uh, I gotta go. Because <laughs> my, my, I'm not making this up. I didn't know that. That's amazing. I had no idea. That's amazing. I thought I was, like, revolutionizing some shit. Well, you're still revolutionary. No, 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 no. That's amazing, though. Like, I got to look this up. Like, like I, immediately. I, I'm that guy. I haven't missed Alice Cooper for, like, the past 10 years. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, like, in my head, I was like, those two would go so well together. And you're right. Holy shit. He was right, though. Uh-huh. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Like, I, I can retire now. Like, uh-huh. my entire legacy fulfilled. You know what you might also want to try? Do we will rock you into we are the champions? Done. Yeah, that Done. would that would be revolutionary. I right can there. do that. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. So uh, as we as we wind wind this down, wrap this up. Insert metaphor here um, to follow you to keep track of your music and all things Vias mm-hmm. for Villains. Are we just going to Vias for Villains on social? Yeah, we're viasforvillains.com. That's our official website. You can find us at facebook.com slash viasforvillains. We are on Twitter. We are on YouTube. We're, we're, you can find us, baby. We're places. We're doing things. All right. Now, before we go, I want you to look in that camera and make a scary villain face. Eh? I don't know if that's scary. That's no, more of a... scary? It's more of like a... Eh, villain? <laughs> what, what's a scary visit? Like, Arr. Yeah, that... Ooh, ah, that's very scary. Ah. <laughs> scary faces! So, we are live at Temperance Brewery. Thank you for Temperance. Thank you to Temperance for the hospitality. Thank you, Temperance. That right there is Mr. Agitator. Avias for Villains. Uh, thank you for watching. This was the first live stream done off-site in well over a year. So this is, this is a big deal for me. This is a big day. It, it all worked and came together. So thank you for watching. We're going to wrap this up. Thank this you. This is Carcon Carne live in Evanston. <laughs>